You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb, Chris Broussard in for Dan and the Dan. That's one more hour with you. Um, Brew, are you in tomorrow? Is that you and, and Rob Parker tomorrow? Rob Parker and myself, yes. Okay, which is the odd couple you can hear every afternoon or evening here on Fox Sports Trade. And then I'll be with uh, crazy uncle Rob Parker on Friday. So Good luck uh, with that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. <laughs> he... He what he says what it's it was in I heard the cut it was embarrassing that Brady went to Tampa because he had to beg to go to Tampa. So he's he's saying now you you heard Jason Light the GM for the Buccaneers yep. say recently that when they called to recruit Brady on March 18th right. they were surprised because Brady was kind of selling himself on them and telling them how good he'd be there and how much of a fit it would be and so on and so forth. I said that's a sign of how excited he is to play in Tampa Bay. Rob said he had to sell himself to the Buccaneers because nobody else wanted him. No, I I think, and um, I I know there were at least two other teams that that thought they had a chance, right? Miami, I think, would have been Giselle's first pick. And the Chargers probably would, because I think he did the same thing with the Chargers as well. Because the Chargers were... As far as selling them? Yes. Because from what the reports say that only the Buccaneers and the Chargers made offers. I also think uh, New England, you know, would have taken him. I think, but who knows. I I mean, I think New England would have, but I think that... Under the right circumstances. I don't think it's even the circumstances. I don't think Brady... I think Brady made it known he wasn't coming back a long time ago. Really? Yeah. See, I, I think... I think... If they had upgraded, yeah, you know, Stefan Diggs was out there, DeAndre Hopkins was out there, and been willing to pay him. Um, he probably wanted two years, but you know, even been willing to pay because they they talked about a pay cut, right, a one year deal on a pay cut. So I think those are the things that made him want to leave. I I, I don't do I think it would have been harder to leave if he had a a Stefan Diggs. Absolutely. But I, I think this, the general sense was that he was, and, and that was kind of why he had to sell sell that he w- was leaving to both the Chargers and uh, and the Buccaneers because I, I think both of them thought, well, this doesn't make sense. Why would you leave New England? Like, you won 12, right. ga- you won 12 games last year. Like, why are you going to upend your whole family? Like, no, 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 no. We got this, we got this. So I, I, I believe that's just how Tom Brady is. That's just, that's just, how he is when you have a conversation with him he finds a way to find the positive and, and how it's going to work I don't think that speaks poorly to his he, he's not begging I, I also think it it speaks to how difficult it is to find a team and look Cam Newton's a guy who's out of the league right now Jameis Winston out of the league Jameis Winston threw yes he threw 30 picks threw 5,000 yards last year and he, he does not have a have a team because where are you going to there's just a limited number of teams that aren't either pot committed to their quarterback or two committed to a younger quarterback, or committed to drafting a younger quarterback. And if you get a Brady, you know you got to be in position to feel like you're going to win right now. And that means you're not going to use any of your resources to get some heir apparent, right? You got to kind of go all in on it. And there's just not that many teams out there. And then there's even smaller number of teams that fit a Cam Newton coming off of injury. He doesn't want to take backup money. He wants starter money, and he wants more than one year. Well, like there's a limited number well, of teams you that, can go yeah. to. I see. I would love, and if I'm a team, I'm only offering Cam one year. 
I want to see him for one year. First, I want to see you stay healthy. And I don't mean play 14 to 16 games. I mean be healthy for 14 to 16 games. Because he's played some seasons where he played virtually the whole season but been banged up. I mean, it just is his last year, you know, not last season, but the season before that. He played the whole year, but he was banged up for the second half, so couldn't be himself. So I definitely am looking at him only for one year if I'm a team. But I and I know they won't do it. I think they want to see Stidham for a year, see what he can do, and then go from there if they have to get somebody else. I would love to see Cam in New England, though. Just Why? one year. Why? I, Belichick has all now. And Belichick doesn't do this. A lot of coaches, you would say, okay, it's just coach speak. He's talking up the competition, all that. Belichick, you know, that doesn't always do that. He has praised Cam Newton. I think he doesn't, he, I he doesn't would just want like Cam to see Newton. him use him. I, 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 clearly, because if they did, they'd just go out there and sign him. Yeah, so it but I'm saying I think it it could be a good fit. Well, it's pretty obvious based upon the fact that they made no effort to go after him that they that it doesn't matter what you say, it's action, right? Was no, that, no, was I that know, was your wife always say I'm actions are bigger I'd than like words? See it. Right. Yeah, no. I, I just like look, he's never been an accurate thrower. Accuracy is 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 one of the top two or three things you need in the NFL. He was a guy who is a runner who doesn't want to run anymore because he's been so banged up. And here's the bigger the the biggest thing is, you know. He wasn't throwing. Not only was did he have shoulder surgery, but his his motion doesn't look the same. His arm isn't the same. So you take a guy who is an inaccurate thrower who can throw the ball deep downfield, and you don't know if he can still throw it deep. He's never been terribly accurate. He's a runner who doesn't run anymore. Like why? And he's a guy who carries a hefty uh, level of confidence to ego in what he can do. You don't want to take a one year deal, and he does. He wants to take starting quarterback money. Well, guess what, dude? Yeah, no, that's he's not, not. But this is not this that. honestly. But hold on, you don't think Doug he could be? So you just think the Cam Newton we saw two years ago? Remember at the beginning of what would that have been the eighteen nineteen season? I guess the remember the first eight games they were six and two. Sure, he was fifteen touchdowns, four picks. His accuracy was looking better. His completion percentage was high for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was looking. He was in the MVP discussion at that point. You just think he can't be even close to that guy anymore. Well, look, I because that wasn't that long ago. I, it's not just that uh, that guy anymore. His former coach, who coached, who was for there for nine years, needed a quarterback. Needs a quarterback, and didn't have to. If you could just wait till he got cut. Could have gotten him for whatever. And instead, he trades for his backup, who's making $580,000, right? So it's not me telling you. It's, you know. I get that, though. Guys, I, his injuries just fr- are frustrating. Okay, so you have you have the injuries. And then you have, he's, he's just a specific type of fit. Do I think he would be an unbelievable backup in Baltimore? Yes. Absolutely. An unbelievable backup in, in Baltimore. I, but I wouldn't even think about bringing him to Baltimore. Would you? Why? Be, here, here's why. He's Cam Newton. And you you kind of alluded to this. And it's not just right. his that's ego, why he can't. That's why he can't go to. persona. That's why he can't right? go to, 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 to Buffalo where, you know, they're trying right. to continue to keep the confidence of their starting quarterback. Because once Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen had a bad game or two, two bad games in a row. There's going, there would be the drum beat for Cam. And with his ego, he might be 
subtly leading the drumbeat. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, but I don't think I, I would. I think. Look, do I think Lamar will come back to earth? I do. Um, but I also think that Lamar Jackson's been a league MVP, and he's got he he runs he he's that well regarded in the organization. I don't think that's. I I agree with you in that. Other teams with young quarterbacks don't want to bring that guy in. Look, I mean, Russell Wilson, he'd be a great backup to Russell Wilson, who's always running around, you think, always on the brink of getting hurt. But you think Russell Wilson wants that behind him? No. No. no, no zero. No, nobody zero, would. Zero chance. So we're shrinking. We get fewer and fewer and fewer options um, of, of where he can legitimately go. So you go. think he's definitely a backup? I don't know where he can start like other than my if Miami why strikes why out. Why not? Why doesn't it, why don't the Chargers go after? Uh, well, the Chargers have Tyrod Taylor, who's okay. essentially the same age and more accurate, fewer interceptions, been in the system for a year, and Not the, and the, and, as the, good, though. and the but no no wait would you what? admit that no we don't you know. think Tyrod Taylor's as good as Cam Newton? Not as good as Cam Newton in his peak, but Cam Newton is not Cam Newton in his peak. Dude, well, Cam that, Newton, I, I, I hate to beat this that. guy. That's Look at question. Cam Newton's numbers. He's a below 60% passer. He is not an accurate thrower. The league is more on accuracy, okay, and less on you know, less on, on, on deep balls and big plays. Even the year they were, he was the MVP there, 15 and 1. You know, they only played one good team the whole season, right? They, one team with well, above 500 records. They did get records. to the Super Bowl. Though. They did get to the Super Bowl, and he was awful in it. And he, but again, it gets that, that get, that's against the Broncos defense. But, but, but the, the, the point is this Tyrod Taylor also, and here's the most important part, or two most important parts. One, he makes $7.5 million, okay? So even if he's slightly less than Cam Newton, what well, you think Cam Newton can be, seven point five million dollars when you're the Chargers and you're gonna want you got to redo Hunter Henry's deal. He's a franchise tag. Joey Bosa and then probably Keenan Allen as well. You can spread that money around. And here's the bigger thing: Anthony Lynn called plays in Buffalo. His quarterback was Tyrod Taylor. They went to the playoffs. So there's a there's a trust factor there that is does not exist with Cam. You don't know if his arm's healthy. You don't know if he can pick up your system because he's a guy who had struggled to pick up other other systems in the past. He, he how much he, I'm sure he wants too much money. And, and oh yeah, by the way, you got Tyrod Taylor who everybody likes, and then you draft a young quarterback. And if Tyrod Taylor's not good enough, eventually he gets supplanted by the younger quarterback. That's the way it works. I, I know the Chargers have no interest in him. They're just not. I, I'm with you. And 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 I've said this before, Cam Newton, and and to me, this is a cautionary tale for Lamar Jackson. Cam Newton is worn down because of all the running. He ran more than any quarterback in history, I believe, Uh, you know, over time. Uh, Obviously, Lamar's doing that per season, but. Cam Newton's twice as big as Lamar Jackson. He's a giant man. Yes, if he got worn down. From the running. And yeah. I know they let him take some hits that they don't let other quarterbacks take because he's so big and he was, you know, such a powerful runner. But that should be a cautionary tale, number one, for Baltimore. But I get it. He is worn down. I, I don't know if he can be healthy for a full season. All those questions are legit. If I'm the Chargers, though, I need I need a buzz, number one. And I'm not saying Cam Newton is going to bring him what Tom Brady would have. But he is a big name, and I do think he would put some fan, give you some type of buzz in the L.A. area. Yeah, I, I, uh, not, I, I mean, look, I, I, 
I don't think so. I think Tom Brady would have, kind of in a David Beckham Brady sort of way. I, I don't think Cam would have. I think he's much bigger in he, he's bigger in the South. Like if Jacksonville is looking to sell tickets, that's where they should go. Right. Uh, and, and look, Jacksonville needs a quarterback. And right now they're doing the Gardner Minshew thing. Why? One, because he's accurate. And two, he doesn't cost them anything. Cost them nothing. So they can build, they can re- completely rebuild a team. And it doesn't mean they know what they're doing. They wouldn't be a better team w- with Cam Newton. They, they probably would. But this is why they've gone that route. But Cam's n- name is much bigger in the South. I'm just telling you to anybody who thinks the, char- the Chargers have zero interest. It's not no, even. No, I don't think they're interested. Yeah, it's, I it's, don't know who's interested. I mean, I'm. I'm I think you have I'm to wait. I'm with you in that. I don't see teams. I've heard people say Pittsburgh as a backup. But it would make sense, but he has to yeah. he has to decide. Now remember, the, the job of a backup quarterback, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, is not it, it doesn't necessarily matter how good you are unless you know you have to play. As a backup quarterback, you're supposed to be ready, but your number one job is to get the starter ready, right? right. To support that guy. And Kim has never had to do that. That's just a completely foreign role to him. Nah, and I and I don't think at 31, I'm sure he thinks he's still very young. He obviously thinks he's still capable. And, yes. and maybe if he's, I do think there, I'm leaving open the possibility, Doug, that if he can get fully healthy or, you know, healthy for him, that he can still be a productive, a very productive quarterback in the league. Um, but I don't see anybody. It doesn't seem like anybody's willing to give him that shot. I think he'll get a shot. I think right now teams have have uh, teams have kind of transitioned from free agent mode to draft mode, and then there'll be somebody who doesn't get the guy they want. And they'll also be, and there's the other side to it, they'll probably be a team that trades up to get the quarterback they want, and then there'll be another veteran quarterback on the market, right? There's still Look, Jameis is still out there. He's still available. We don't know what becomes of, of Andy Dalton. We don't know what happens with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick and some of these other right. quarterbacks. Um, but, but there are guys, you know, like a Derek Carr, who right now looks like he'll be the Raiders starter with Mariota as the backup. But we've seen the Eagles sign Sam Bradford and then trade up and draft Carson Wentz. We've seen the Bears sign Mike Glennon and trade up and, and draft uh, Mitchell Trubisky. You know, we've seen uh, we've seen the Arizona Cardinals sign, again, Sam Bradford, trade up and get Josh Rosen, and then part ways with Josh Rosen just one year later. So uh, I think right now is not the time. I do think Cam will get a shot. The only question for Cam is, if you can't be a starter day one, then do you sit and wait or do you go to a team and be a backup? I think he probably sits and waits and stays ready for somebody to get hurt or somebody to fall in their face. Yeah, that makes sense because, again, I can't see him with his ego. He's still young age-wise. I can't see him accepting a backup role, and I can't see him being a good backup, Doug, because as you said, his job is to get the starter ready. He wants to beat out the starter. Right. And thinks he should be. I'm sure wherever he goes, he'll probably think he should be the starter. And he's also a guy that can rally. I think there'd be a lot of guys in the locker room that would be on, you know, yeah. on the Cam Newton bandwagon. Sure. And let something go wrong with the starter. And then you're going to, that's what I mean. You're going to start hearing, you know, it would just, media would play into it. Uh, and then even players in his own locker room would probably play into Maybe Cam should get a shot. Why don't we put Cam in? Something like that. And now you got a controversy. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. By the way, it's one of the, these are some of the reasons Colin Kaepernick didn't get a job 
after he got cut by San Francisco. It wasn't just the right. kneeling. It was he had injuries. Guys didn't know how he could throw, how he would fit in. Could he, did, he, didn't, he clearly didn't want to be a backup. He didn't want backup money. He didn't want to talk about being a backup. And there was, there was a limited pl- number of places uh, where he had worked with somebody before. And so all of these things kind of, kind of, kind of factor in. Um, all right, we'll continue with some NFL discussion. Coming up next, the, uh, the Last Dance, the documentary about the Chicago Bulls will be dropped early by our former employer, Chris. But I can't I, wait. I can't wait either. But I think, I think they're violating one of the core tenets. What are the core tenets of broadcasting? I'll tell you what that is. You tell me if you disagree. Hmm. With Chris Broussard, I'm Doug Gottlieb. That's next on The Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I don't know if you've ever heard this this uh, expression uh, or maybe saying, like, I guess expression is a saying. It was told to me when I first started working. A guy named Dan Steer hired me to do college basketball games at ESPN. He's, he used to say, if you've told a story once on a broadcast, you haven't told it. And the idea is like, look, people come in and out of a, of a game. You tell a story about a guy in the first half and don't tell it again. Must not have been that good a story. You know, you want, you did all that work. You found the research. You found a good story. Tell it. It's right. the same thing on a on radio broadcast. As you guys know, you play the hits, whatever the big. Right. For ESPN, what are they doing spacing this thing out? Right. Like play five in a week, play one a night. Then play the next five the next week. You can do reviews. You can do shows within shows of it if you'd, if you'd like, right? Like, uh, like you know, they do with The Bachelor when they have After the Final Rose uh, where you, yep. you, you talk about it. But play them, then play the next, and then do it again. Repeat for the next two weeks. Like, I just, the idea of, of making us wait when there's nothing else on TV and replaying it is not going to hurt you. Get it out as early as possible. And then for people who missed episode three or whatever, they can always go back and watch it either via Netflix or whatever, or can watch it the next time that it's on. I wasn't sure where you were going. I, I was like, I know Doug's not going to say it was a bad idea to move it up. No, it should have been, should already be on this week. should be on this <laughs> right. weekend. Right. I totally agree with you though. With everything else you said. Yes. They should have started Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, play the, you could have a two week, what is it? 10 shows. So I guess yes, two a weeks. one week run, two week, two week two, run. Yeah. yeah. Or you, if you, yeah, if you just do weekdays on the weekends or whatever, but yes. And you could own the evenings because everybody's going to want to watch that. I totally agree. I don't get it. I don't understand I, I, why I, they are spacing it out. I think it's, it's an older TV mentality. You know, it's like, why don't you put something on Friday night? Well, everybody goes out on a Friday night. Not anymore, dude. Not anymore. Everybody's right. and everybody's- it's a different day, Doug. It, like, look, the the blessing of being able to binge watch yes. is that you can you don't have to wait till next till a week later to see the second episode, right, or the third episode, or you can just watch the whole thing. And then the curse is that okay. Dang, I wish I was still watching uh, the Stranger or 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 whatever Tiger King or whatever it is. You know, so that's the problem. But yeah, I agree with you. They should have ran the whole thing every night and then just play it back. Chris totally Man- Chris Mannix, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, joins us here on the Dan Patrick Show along with Chris Broussard. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Uh, first, Mannix, uh, where are you and uh, what what is your daily life like? Uh, I'm in Boston now. I basically drive between Boston, my place in Vermont, like every 
three or four days to mix it up a little bit. But like everybody <laughs> else, I'm stuck indoors. Um, okay, but what's the what's the weather like? Like in in at least I know uh, New York area has been pretty nice. In California, it was rainy kind of the first week, and now it's back to being you know Cal- a little bit cool. But California weather, people are walking a ton. What what is in Boston and in Vermont? What's it like? Yeah, it's it's still pretty cold. I mean, you're getting up to like the low 40s at some points. Uh, I saw somewhere next week it'll be in the 50s, so I guess we're creeping up there. But we haven't gotten to that kind of hangout outside kind of weather, which makes it uh, infinitely worse to to be dealing with all this. Can you figure out why ESPN won't just drop all the docs at once while they're you know doing a five week deal? Five weeks seems like a lot. I, you know, if I was looking for a compromise. I'd go like every other day where you had one day of the the whatever the episode was, and then like with like The Walking Dead and shows like that, you could do like a show within right. the show, like you said there. Yeah. Like you could do like Talking Jordan or something, and and have people on to discuss what they just saw in that episode to space it out more. But five weeks seems a, a bit excessive. It, it, it does. Um, what do you think the likelihood we have an NBA season is? You know, if I had to to put a percentage on it at this point, I would probably say in like the 25% range. And then that's just based largely on what we know right now about where we are and where this, this problem is heading. Um, I, I just, you know, I talk to people every day within the league office and on different teams, and it's the same kind of, you know, pessimistic response. I do think though that, you know, if there's an NBA season, it, it's going to take place in Las Vegas. I'm I'm almost certain of that at this point. I mean, if no other reason than logistically, traveling between cities feels like it's almost impossible for the next six months. Right. I mean, at least you're just not going to be able to have a series between Memphis and L.A. if L.A. is on lockdown and Memphis is not. And it just creates so many logistical issues. Um, I just believe if this thing gets done, it gets done at a a closed venue in Las Vegas. Chris, I, I think you and, and others have mentioned, I think you are one of them, that maybe it's just if you have everything in Vegas, it's some type of big tournament uh, rather than your typical playoff run. First of all, is that accurate that that's a possibility that there could just be, I'm not saying a March Madness one and done, but some type of tournament that's unlike our playoffs. And two, if that's the case, how much legitimacy do you think we'll all place on whoever the winner is? Like if LeBron, say they do a tournament, LeBron James and the Lakers win. I mean, are, how much do you think we really look at that as, oh, that's his fourth ring? You know, it, it's a good question. I, I, I fall back on as long as it's not like a one-and-done type of tournament, I, I look at it as legitimate. I mean, I, I remember back in like 1999 and – when the Spurs won and there was criticism of them winning that championship because it was a lockout shortened season, um, you know, that, that kind of went away after a while. People look at the Spurs as legitimate champions. Same thing with that 66 game season from a few years ago. I mean, it, it would certainly be unique, but I think as time passes, we won't look back on that year and say that's an asterisk. But uh, look, I, I just, as far as like what they're considering, I do think everything is on the table at this point. Any kind of tournament is on the table. They clearly can't have a traditional seven-game first-round series, seven-game second-round, and so on. That just can't happen in the time frame that they're probably going to be looking at 
over the next couple of months. And one thing they have to run up against is that when players come back, you know, they're going to insist on a training camp. Sure. And I don't know how long that training camp's going to be. You know, some players I've talked to have said four weeks are needed at this point. I think two weeks is probably more likely. Uh, but, you know, guys I've talked to are just sitting around. Like, yeah. they're not doing anything. Like, they're like just like you and me, you know, on YouTube, you know, looking for in-home workouts. I mean, it's just right. like there's just going to be an incredible lack of conditioning from the players that come back. It's going to require them. So I say that because if, let's say in the best-case scenario, we get to mid-May and things have cleared up enough that the CDC says, look, you can have gatherings of like 150 people, which opens up TV broadcast. All right, well, then you say we're going to get everything back started in June, June 1st. Then you have to have that training camp. And then maybe you want to have five regular season games or something at the end to, to deal with the playoffs. I mean, I, I just think I think early July is probably the earliest we're going to see anything potentially start. Chris uh, Mannix joining us from Sports Illustrated along with uh, Chris Broussard. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. And, and, and then you start to think, uh, all right, first in terms of this season, shouldn't LeBron want it to be played? Like, th- their, their championship window is not exactly wide open in the future as the Warriors should be back next year. I know it's the East, but the Nets should be very talented. The Celtics are getting better, not getting worse, with Jason Tatum kind of growing into a, a superstar. Um, and I would think other teams in the West are going to try and figure things out. The Clippers will have more cohesiveness, and Paul George will be further away from injury. Kawhi Leonard could be fully healthy. Like, if I'm LeBron, I'm, I'm still I'm ticked, obviously, this thing derailed their season, which was looking like a dream season, but I want to get this thing in because this may be the best shot he's got. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, if, if any player is upset about what happened, it's LeBron James the most at this point because of the way they were playing and the way he was playing. And while, you know, we, we can all assume LeBron is probably going to play at a pretty high level over the next couple of years, it is only a year ago that he missed 30 plus games uh, due to injury. And that kind of stuff can happen. I think the Lakers, you know, look, the Lakers have a chance to get even better next summer. They've got two exceptions in their, uh, in the collected, in their salary cap situation where they could pay somebody close to $10 million and they could pay somebody else close to $4 million. So they're going to be able to, to you know, dangle that as a carrot and maybe get one of those mid-level ring chasers that could beef up this, this team. But there's no guarantee LeBron is going to play like the second best of the, of the MVP in the league uh, next year. And if he takes even a half a step back, uh, that could open the door for somebody else. Chris, you mentioned LeBron being second in the MVP race. I agree. I think it's clearly Giannis. Um, But let's say worst case scenario, and this is a minor thing in the grand NBA scheme, but worst case scenario, they don't finish this season. Do you still think they would have award regular season awards? Like MVP, year coach and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I think they do all that. I mean, they, you know, they want to maintain some sense of normalcy in all this. And, you know, the voting may come in mid summer at that point, but, you know, and I haven't had this, a specific discussion with the league. I mean, when you when you talk to league officials, like they'll they'll talk to you a little bit about kind of what's on the table and what's not. But one thing they'll say is like, man, everything's frozen right now. We're we're planning like hypotheticals, but there's no actual planning in terms of logistics and dates and things like that. They're just not doing. They're just not able to do much of anything until they get some type of clarity. But if the worst-case scenario happens, uh, I do think we'd see awards handed out. If the worst-case scenario happens, the other team that's dramatically affected is the Bucks, 
they had what we thought was two years to prove to Giannis they could compete yeah. for and win a championship, that would be shortened to one. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the – I mean, not one of – that's probably the biggest off-season question whenever the off-season starts. I mean, is – has Giannis – if this season gets scuttled, has Giannis seen enough from Milwaukee to make him believe that they're the best team for his future and he signed that Supermax contract of a quarter of a billion dollars? I, look, I, I know there's a lot of speculation out there about what Giannis might or might not do. I, I don't think anything – and nobody really knows what he's thinking, but – it certainly is a body blow for Milwaukee to not have a postseason run to prove to Giannis that they're the best in, in the best situation. So I, I really don't know which way Giannis would go. I don't know what he'd be thinking if the year got scuttled, but it would put Milwaukee in a very interesting position if he said to them this summer, look, I like it here, but I need to see more. I'm going to go into next season. I, I would assume the Bucks would roll the dice and say, look, we've still got – a great team. We have a chance to get to the finals. Uh, but, I mean, I, I know a lot of teams will be banging on their door trying to see if they can pry Giannis loose. Uh, Chris, I, I want to ask you a boxing question before you go. Um, obviously, the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury 3 has been postponed. I don't know what type of training he's able to do, but does this help Wilder at all, the fact that this is postponed? I, I think it helps Wilder a lot more than it helps Fury. Uh Time off has never been a friend to Tyson Fury. Like he, he just, when he's focused and working, he's great. Uh, when he's not, you know, we've seen in the past things have kind of gotten away from him a little bit. Uh, he seems like he's okay now talking to people that are around him in the last couple of weeks, and he's on social media working out and stuff like that. So uh, that's good. But it's definitely better for Deontay Wilder. I mean, I, I was worried that Deontay Wilder coming back after just five months after getting knocked out into the same type of fight, that would have been a terrible idea. Right. Now, if it is pushed to October, he's going to have that full five months to basically rest. And once you know that you get to the end of the summer, he can enter into a full training camp and come into that, that rematch, the most important fight of his career, uh, with, with a fresh body and a fresh mind. So absolutely, for Deontay Wilder, um, this is almost a gift to be able to push it down to October. Yeah, and the most important thing is he won't be wearing that outfit. That that's that's the reason he lost was he's wearing the <laughs> well, outfit. It was, it, was, it, it was like the, the the it was like excuse bingo coming from Deontay for a right. while. It was just like it was like hey, it's the outfit, and then it's the referee, then there's a you know an ex fighter in the stands that's yelling at my trainer, and then it's my trainer for stopping the fight. Just look at Deontay's a great guy. I'm sure you guys have talked to him at various points. Like he's. He's a tremendous guy. He is, yes. I just think he, he just missed badly on all those uh, those excuses. He got his ass kicked. Will he have a chance? Will you give him a chance in the second, in the third fight, I guess? Oh, you always I mean, you know, beyond anything of, can happen. Well, no, I mean, with that kind of a racer, you always give him a chance. And, and look, Fury, Fury's excellent, but I've called a lot of Fury fights in, in my career. And, like, he's been knocked down by lesser fighters. He was knocked down twice by Wilder in the first fight. I mean, I, I think Deontay's got to have – a better game plan going into that fight, but he's not going up against a guy with a granite chin that you can't knock down or knock out. He lands that big shot. Uh, it's over. The question is, and we've seen this time and again, when, when guys get knocked out like that, the aura of invincibility disappears right, yeah. like it did with Mike Tyson and their own confidence disappears too. If they think they can't just wipe a guy out with one punch, uh, they become different fighters as well. I'm interested in the fight. Um, and I'm hoping this leads to a bunch of great heavyweight fights, but uh, my confidence that Wilder can win is, is, is limited. Yeah, and then there's the, the question of, of weight, right? Because he put on weight for that last fight. Yeah. 
So it stands to reason that he would lose weight. Would What would Fury do? Would Fury trim up or would Fury come in as big as he came in? You know, and, and would he press, you know, would he press the way he did, uh, you know, just a couple weeks, you know, a couple was, I don't even know how long ago. I guess it was a month ago. It feels mm-hmm. like two years ago or whatever. You know, I think there's that kind of inner workings of the fight. The, the thing is, though, in terms of like boxing skill, it hasn't really been close. It's just been Wilder has that one weapon and he, he got to uncork it twice in the first fight. Yeah, I mean, you you could make an argument that, what was it, 19 total rounds that Fury won, you know, 17 of them, you know, besides the two he got knocked down in in that uh, that first fight. I mean, he's a tremendously skilled fighter, and we know that Deontay Wilder is is not a skilled fighter. I mean, right. look, he's all, all the fighters that fights he's been in, most of them he's been down on the scorecards so that have gone to the later <laughs> rounds. Like Luis Ortiz, I was at that he fight. Was he was down like 5 nothing in that fight. Right. Like he was losing badly. He just comes back and blasts you out of there. So I don't know what Deontay does. I mean, one thing that Anthony Joshua did after Andy Ruiz knocked him out, he didn't fire his trainer, but he supplemented his team. He brought in some guys from the Cronk Gym in Detroit, guys that taught him new things that proved to be effective in the rematch. I'd love to see Wilder, if he's going to keep J.D. and Mark Breland, his longtime trainers, great, keep them, but add some people to that team that might be able to show you some things that you hadn't done before that could be effective in the rematch. I just don't know if you can teach a guy, you're going against a lifetime boxer, you know, whose dad was yeah. a boxer, against a guy who's an athlete who's learned to become a fighter, right? Like, I just... I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what he yeah, can Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's like, honestly, there's like a LeBron James thing. Like, man, I wish LeBron James could move without the ball better. You know, like, yeah, well, LeBron James is 34. Like, that sucker ain't moving without the ball. He's going to have the ball, and you know, and he's going to try and play downhill, and that's kind of who he is. At some point in time, you know, you 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 are what you are what you, what you are. Chris Mannix, our guest from from uh, Sports Illustrated. All right, uh, last thing, Mannix. There has to be something you want to recommend to people to watch or to read because it sounds kind of miserable for you. No boxing, no hoops, and no ability to get outside in either Vermont or in Boston. Sounds like a lot of coffee and a lot of watching or reading of something. What is it? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that there's like a go-to right now in terms of watch. I've, I've spent an extraordinary amount of money on iTunes in the last like, you know, two, two weeks. Like every movie I've ever wanted to see. I mean, I just bought Bad Boys for Life on there, so I'm going to be watching that this <laughs> afternoon. Um, so I, I guess that's what I would recommend. And I'm trying to – And I, but at the start of the year, one of my resolutions was to read uh, a biography of an American president every month. So I'm kind of back into that mode. Uh, once again, so you know, we'll 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 see. I'm on Chester A. Arthur right now, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I have Chris. Bre- I bet you that you are loving that ride every what three or four days because I'm I'm about I'm after the show. I'm going to the grocery store and I'm so excited. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, just to get out of the house and get somewhere. Well, I'm like see, looking here's, here's forward to this. You you guys don't have have families. Like I'm I'm cool. I live alone. Like I'm I'm good, man. I just like it's it's quite relaxing actually, just hanging around. I mean, as of like three weeks ago, I still had my Christmas tree up. Like this was like, like this is my life is very much uh, sort of uh, surreal. Yeah, no. Listen, uh, I mean, it, it's with with the kids. The only hard part is the homeschooling thing. But you actually get, yeah. you know, you get family dinners. You get to do things. You know, play board games with them, watch movies with them. Like you actually kind of. It's kind of, I now I do think there'll be no family vacations this summer because family's just going to try and get away from each other. But yes, it's a. 
the, the, the driving thing is, you know, I drove in here where it can take up to an hour and a half and it's like 45, 50 minutes and you're set. So there is there is some <laughs> there is some good, but we're all ready to have sports back. Man, it's great stuff, dude. Uh, be safe on that trip to Vermont. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, guys. I, I, got, right, I got a story for you, Chris. Off, Beverly Hills police officers busted, uh, made a bust involving one of the most in-demand items during the coronavirus pandemic. Patrolling officers discovered 192 rolls of toilet paper inside a stolen SUV. <laughs> what? What is? What? Which part is dumber? The fact that the guy's got driving around a stolen SUV, or that inside the stolen SUV, he's got 192 rolls of toilet paper. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! He, he obviously he's planning on making a killing. He was yes. selling them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Apparently. Uh, apparently. Wow. That's a. Toilet paper's like gold right now, man. That is, how much could you need? I'm good. You know what I'm short on is Kleenex. I got to go get some Kleenex. You couldn't use the toilet paper as Kleenex. I don't know if you know that. I could, but I don't want to waste it. I don't want to get caught out there. Like Lee. Fair fair enough. Our producer, Lee. Yeah. Lee, are you all right? Lee, a a week ago, Lee had like a, a, a quarter of a roll left. In yeah, his whole house. Down to one ply for the whole house. And uh, yeah, I had to get up at 7 a.m. to go get it. To go get I, it. I, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I'm going to let you in on on something that I should have told Mannix about. Do you know what the hardest part about drives that, that, that last more than 30 minutes nowadays? If you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you have to go more, more than number one. You oh, can't, man. you can't run into places. Right. You right. can mobile order and, and go pick up, but it's not like, oh, hey, come in and stink up our bathroom too. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm telling you, like, this is the thing you don't realize. Like, people tell you all the time, are like, you, man, huh? Are you driving in every day or how, most <clears throat> days for the show? Uh, about half and half. Because I would think, like I said, I, I, I've told my wife, I haven't really been out of my house significantly. It's great. Uh, since Friday. There's no, I mean, sm- I, there's I, no, I there's no, walk yesterday. there's no traffic and no smog. Right. And I mean, is it, I've thought about just getting out, just going for a drive just yes. to kind of get out. Yes. Is that, yes. It's probably therapeutic, that drive. It is. Yeah. It's cathartic. It's cathartic. Yeah. No, no question about it. No question about it. With Chris Broussard, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show. The NFL's expanded playoffs. Good idea or bad idea? We explain next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now, Chris, do you get a, a refund for the girls in college? Like, you get any of your money back or that check's already sent? There's no no, no, no chance. You know what? The great thing is, first of all, the bad news is no. The good news is we just finished paying for them because they're, you know, they're both seniors. And so we're done paying for them. Um, so that is, I, I'm just so, especially at this time, uh, I'm just so excited about that. But You know, both of their graduation ceremonies were canceled or, you know, postponed to some later date. And so my daughter from University of Michigan is back home taking classes online. My daughter at Penn is still she had an off campus place, so she's still in Philly, but taking classes online. Um, I was going to ask you and, you know, I've heard people talk about the homeschooling. And obviously I don't have to deal with that, but they're so homeschooling. What's making it really tough is homeschooling yet. You're working at the same time. So is your wife, did she, did she work or was she at home, no, she's at home. before? 
Okay, you know? so she was at home anyway. So she does have the time to really homeschool and whatever. Yes, and but like it's that. it's not it's uh, you know, it's not easy. Still it's tough. not easy cuz you have I have 3 in 3 different schools. And so one has school every morning at 8 o'clock, gets up. But but those so are... So they're doing it online, virtual, yes. or how? Yeah, okay. virtual. The other one, I have one who they really didn't... They, they only missed like a week in private school, and she has full set of classes every day. And then my son, they do virtual three or four days a week, but it's only for two hours. And then everything's kind of handed out. And right now, the public schools, because not they're not allowed to advance they're, they're all doing all review um on because they don't have assurances that everybody in the district has um has internet they, they've handed out all the chromebooks right. but not the internet so they're they're still kind of reviewing so they're kind of stagnant but it's not when you have different schedules and you're trying to get them outside and you know not be on a device all day it's it's not and plus, they get to an age where let's just be honest it's harder for us to help them. Yes, you yes. Know? My my like, eighth grade it, it daughters, it's five, it's hard in math. Like I I forgot how to do slope. I just right. I don't know how to do slope and shading of graphs. I'm just not my my son. I'm still I'm still the smartest person on earth in fifth grade, uh, but in eighth grade I am not. Uh, history. That's why you right. go history because I know and care more about history and English now yes. than I did when I took history and English. No, I, I totally agree. Like, and then they do new math. They yes. do math differently. They do, do. They do. do we did. They do 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 new math. Um. All right. So you gonna you gonna start Tiger King tonight? Uh, my wife and I actually were planning to start a new show tonight. So maybe I, if I can get her into it, I don't know if it sounds like the type of thing she'll want to watch. <laughs> it's but it's I'm a little gonna try just, to sell her on it. You, I, you, you have to. You just, watch it with your wife or by we yourself? We did. No, with my wife. Yeah. Okay. My wife's from Oklahoma, so. It's one of those like, yeah, I, tough. this is no, it's like one of those. This is not that far fetched a thing. Not far fetched. All right. Chris will be back tomorrow. I'll be back Friday. This is the Dan Patrick show.